0: It's it's a chance just to have a short conversation, but I've had some really meaningful conversations during community time, so it's it's just be open. It's great. Um, we have an awesome opportunity here at Mill City and that is that we have a team of preachers and we get to hear from different voices as we are talking about what God's word means to us and digging the, into the scripture together. And so today we're so excited to have one of our own pastors, Pastor Donna, our Pastor of Care, here to preach. Church. Can you guys just hear our words? All right, all right. and those who are online. First of all, have you ever heard or misheard something because you weren't quite listening or hearing something correctly? Oh, yeah. All the time, right? Or happens on occasion or never. Well, sometimes that happens with songs. We hear these songs, and for years, we hear a word or a phrase, and somewhere along the line, we find out, That's not what I heard. So, and there's this website that has the top 40 songs that people mishear, (laughs) words that people mishear, lyrics that people mishear. So I'm gonna go through a few of them. In 1985, Starship, they fought We built this city on sausage rolls, as opposed to we built this city on good rolls. Right. In 1983, the eurythmics, sweet dreams are made of cheese, right? That sounds like it. Sweet dreams are made of bees. Going way back to 1972, Johnny Nash said, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. (laughs) No, 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 no. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. And so I thought about, okay, so what song did I grow up hearing that the words weren't quite right? Okay, so we're going back to 1970, Jackson 5. The love you say, ABC, I want you back, I'll be there. Same time frame. And these are the words of the, the lyrics of one of the uh, the words uh, from the song. Isaac said he kissed you beneath the apple tree. When Benji held his hand, he felt electricity. When Alexander called you, he rang, rang the chimes, and Christopher discovered. You're way ahead of your time. Okay, that's not an sure. I That wasn't out of my intention. I just wanted to bring you back to 1970, that's all. But I always heard, first of all, I always heard Alexander kissed you. I always heard Henji held your hand. And I heard Hang chimes. And I just think I just made it up. Because I didn't really hear. And I didn't know Michael Jackson was talking about four different guys. Isaac, Benji, Alexander, and Christopher. I had no idea. I just kinda made it up because I wasn't really listening. And hearing and listening can be difficult no matter what stage of life we're at. There are moments in life where we have listened well to Jesus and other times not so much. But I have learned that obedience matters to Jesus and how we respond to what he has called us to do. And hearing Jesus and responding to him can change your life. So today we're going to talk about the challenge of hearing and listening and responding through this parable. So just in case you thought you knew where we were going, last week was Easter, Oh, I'm sure they're going into Acts next. Eh, No. We're staying in Matthew just for a little longer, but I swear we're going to get to the rest of the Bible. So, since the start of the year, we have been looking at the story of Jesus and the Gospel of Matthew, written primarily to a Jewish audience. So, Matthew's main theme is God's kingdom is breaking in and it's near. It is a new kind of kingdom, and Matthew is showing us that Jesus is the Messiah. That they had been waiting for all of these years, with lots of reference to the Old Testament. So when you hear the term, kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, this is referring to God's reign. The God who loved us enough to come to earth in a human form to this world to prove his love for us by living on earth, dying on the cross, and conquering death through the resurrection. But in the meantime, we look for the kingdom of God and God's reign in the every day. We pray and we join in on what God is doing around us. So this new series is on the parables that Jesus shared in Matthew 13. And I'm going to start with the first parable. And so there are three movements to this story of the parable of the sower. The parables are really intended to teach a specific spiritual lesson, but they're not always clear, and they could be a bit mysterious. But those who have ears, let them hear. Remember that. So this parable is actually interpreted for the disciples, not everybody else, where not all the parables are. So let's jump into Matthew 13. And while I'm reading, think about the words that stand out to you. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil which has produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. So Jesus goes out into the boat. The crowd is around. He sits down. He's sharing this parable. And I can imagine people in the crowd. There's, you know, there's that rumble. There's that. Humbling. What are you talking about? What? What is this about to see? What? I don't get it. Have you ever been in a crowd listening to someone talk that could be happening right now? And the person next to you taps you and says, "What? What did they say? What? What she said? I don't get it." You're all hearing, but you're not always listening. And the crowd didn't get it. They didn't get it because not everyone was receptive to who Jesus was. So this parable describes how the crowds hear and respond to his teaching. So when you look at the key words in this passage, you will see what happens to the seed. The seed is eaten. It is snatched away because there is no root. The seed is put on rocky ground. It is scorched. It is withered because of the sun. You will see the seed being choked because of the thorns, and then you will see the seed produce crop. But I think the key word in this passage is in verse nine. Here, He who has, or she who has ears, let him or her hear. The Jewish leaders in the first century urged students to listen intently and memorize their teaching and knew how important listening was. But hearing the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, didn't always guarantee an understanding or embracing it. And what is at stake when that happens? A lot's at stake when we don't want to hear what God is saying to us. Because we're not always good listeners. Has there ever been a time when you think you heard something your spouse said, or your roommate said, or your friend said, but you weren't really listening? And honestly, I could not think of an example off the top of my head with my husband. Except the time that we left our daughter at church when we had gone two different cars. (laughs) I'm sure there was a miscommunication there. We did pick her up. We figured that out. They thought, this audience thought that they could hear God's word. But Jesus, who was the living word, they wouldn't even obey him. Because they couldn't see or hear from the way, the truth, and the life, the ability was taken away. It also sounds like they could not see beyond themselves their own expectation of who the Messiah was. The Messiah was supposed to come riding in on a horse, taking on the Roman authority, and freeing them from their oppression. But Jesus, Jesus always comes from a different angle. And he explains the, in movement too, why he is even sharing this parable. So verse 10, The disciples come to him and ask, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. That is why I speak to them in parables. Though seen, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become callous, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. The Jewish audience who were not hearing or seeing or whose hearts would become callous, it's not much different than the Israelites in the Old Testament. The Israelites who actually saw God's provision through the freedom of protecting them from the Egyptians. His protection as literally they walked on dry ground through the Red Sea, his presence in the form of a cloud by day or fire by night, his provision for them even as he provided food, manna and quail and water from a rock. They heard, they saw, but their hearts were callous. Trent Hunter and Stephen Wollum in their book, Christ from Beginning to End, how the full story of the scriptures reveals the full story of Christ. They say, Israel's exodus from Egypt was more than just a one-time event. It became the paradigm for all of God's redeeming acts to follow, culminating in an ultimate liberation and redemption from sins. In Christ, an even greater exodus from slavery has occurred. God came in the form of Jesus, And they were missing it. Therefore, that understanding was taken. So the crowd heard. They didn't understand. But these parables invite you to understand what Jesus is saying beyond the surface. For us to think. So the parable actually, it represents four different ways people are being receptive to Jesus. And we can find ourselves in one of those places... Or in one of those four categories. So think about how you listen through these questions. But let me get to movement three. Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what was sown in their hearts, This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on ground, rocky ground, refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall quickly away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 60 or 30 times, 100 or 60 or 30 times what has been sown. Now this imagery would have been pretty typical to use in this agricultural society, but it's four types of responses where people were, uh, four types of responses people are making to God's reign. The kingdom of God who has invaded earth, whose presence was evident, but they didn't see it. So the sower represents Christ or anyone who represents the kingdom. The seed represents the message of the kingdom, and the soil represents those who hear the message. And I will say I have been in all four of these places of responding in the course of my life, and on occasion, I could slip back. I have slipped back. So first of all, the seed that was eaten by the birds it didn't take any root, right? The bird represents an enemy who comes to snatch anything that has been dropped. So maybe for someone it was like an initial commitment to Christ, and best maybe superficial. They hear the word, they hear Jesus, but they don't really commit to follow. My question to you: Have we really committed and surrendered our life to Christ through any spirit? That was dropped. Secondly, the seed that fell on rocks is someone that seems really joyous at first. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You know, it great. They took root, but the first sign of trouble or hardship, they fell away. They hear the word Jesus with joy, but there's no root to sustain them through hard times, and faith dissipates. And I don't know if someone didn't tell them that life is hard. We will go through troubles. We will go through difficulties because we're human and we can't escape it. Do you know anyone who has just kind of sailed through COVID? It's been one trial after another during this season of life for our world. And as I was preparing for this, I thought of the scripture that I learned as a kid from 1 Peter 4 12 and 13. And it was put to music, it was KJV, King James Version. But I'm doing that I mean. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you, as though some strange thing was happening to you. Oh! Life is tough. We will have trials and tribulations. We will have fiery darts. Yes, we will. But rejoice. Really? Rejoice in the trials and tribulations. Yep, that's what it says. Inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Yes, being a Christian means you will suffer. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Yes, joy is through trials, though it is not an easy place to be. But we are a testimony to those around us when we are knowing that Jesus is with us through that trial, despite how we feel. And the challenges of life can uproot you or ground you. And the 21-year-old Donna got uprooted. (laughs) And I took the reins (coughs) back from God. And that did not serve me well. So my question to you is, has your faith become more rooted and have you become more connected to Jesus through hard times? Third, the seed that fell on thorns. The worry of life got choked out. There was a competition for values and choices, things that were prioritized. Security and wealth, busy with the cares of the world, attention to the world, God gets put on the back burner. The challenges of life can choke you out and make you feel like you're suffocating and it gets difficult to breathe. And the 25 to 33 year old Dinah was busy with life, moving up the ladder, engaging in questionable life choices and there was no evidence of anything being produced. question,
1: has our faith been put on the
0: back burner because we are too busy? With the cares of the world. Fourthly, the seed that falls on good soil. A person who hears and receives and understands. Understands. Produce fruit by investing, by serving other people, and this person understands the message and presses into Jesus, close to Jesus persevering and becoming a long-term disciple where there is a rich harvest. Christianity just can't be a nice addition to our lives, never winning a soul to Christ, never telling anyone about Jesus, never getting involved with things of the world, issues about justice, or caring for those in need. It can't be about that, just about that. It needs to be about it all. What is God to me? And the 33-year-old Donna finally figured it out. How this soil takes root. The 33-year-old Donna let Jesus be in control. So through my hard heart, my shallow heart, my crowded heart, and finally, finally my receptive heart, the seed took root. God's word can't work in our lives unless our hearts are receptive. So my question is, do we have receptive hearts? Do we stay with being shallow? Do we cave under the suffering? Do we allow the curls, cares of the world to distract us? Or do we allow ourselves to produce? How do we receive the good soil, the soil of your heart today? Where is it? The 50 something down on. still on the journey. Worship team, if you can come on. I do believe that there are ways in which we can help this soil fertility. We've got to have receptive hearts, first of all. Knowing God is with us no matter what. You are going through, God is with you. We have to have revealing hearts, knowing that we need to be in community with each other, saying, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit shallow today. I'm, I'm really struggling with this trial. I'm really being distracted by the world. Living in community and being able to be honest with each other. So you have people holding up your arms when you don't have the strength to do it.
1: We also got to have
0: radical hearts where we become sold out to Jesus because we need to think long-term and not short-term. Eternity is a long time. Our time here on earth is really short. So I believe we need to have receptive hearts, revealing hearts, and radical hearts. Generally, want to listen to what God is calling us to do. It is not easy, but it's worth it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the parables in your word that point to you, point to how we receive you, Lord. And Father, we desire to be used of you. The Lord might